0: Asia Tech Podcast. Voice of the Asian tech ecosystem.
1: we go. This is Pitch Deck Asia. My name is Graham Brown. This is Pitch Deck Angels, which is the first in a new series of roundtable conversations with active angel investors here in Southeast Asia. I'm joined by... Two people which I've known for a long time, and I have to say I've admired their work. So, Rena Neo and Stephen Yu, welcome. It's good okay. to have you here. Um, your names, I think, are well known in the industry. Um, let's put a little bit of a backstory to this. Um, maybe we can talk a little bit about how all this came about in the first place for So Yes. <laughs> um, I've known you the longest I've known you for quite a few years now I mean two or three years probably yes I I interviewed you for an old podcast before I started Asia Tech Podcast I'm not sure how that sort of introduction came about but I think you were a name in the industry at the time and uh we had a chat then then did an interview for Asia Tech Podcast then obviously I moved to Singapore as well Steve and I had known for a couple of years now two years two years yeah um Let's talk about Fukuoka because this is where this all came about. Fukuoka <laughs> is a city in Japan. For those that don't know, you're both from. Well, you're from Singapore originally. I'm from You're Singapore. From originally from yeah. Penang in Malaysia, yes, right? Yes. You live in Singapore. How did Fukuoka come about, and also the introduction? So, who's going to tell the story?
2: Um,
0: so maybe I can start first. So we've known each other, I think, through Lincoln. Yeah. And then we had a, a first um, sort of interview, and uh, I think I told you that I'm going to Fukuoka. And Hmm. I am actually quite famous for slotting a few meetings (laughs) in my holidays.
1: It wasn't a holiday, was
0: it? uh, Well, uh, I try to make it a holiday, but my husband always says, why do we have to work? So I said, no, we're going to visit this interesting place and we're going to meet a Singaporean. So maybe he can bring us to some good food. Yeah. So uh, you sh- you you mentioned uh, Steven staying now, uh, <coughs> uh, Fukuoka, and he's also an angel investor. So we make plans. Why not? And we met at uh, startup Fukuoka startup, startup cafe. CFA, startup yep. cafe, and it was really awesome. So
1: wasn't it your honeymoon?
0: Uh, so kind of delayed Really, yeah, a delayed <laughs> yes, I
1: didn't
2: know that. <laughs> 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 it was she was like having business meetings, yes, like. Yes, um, <laughs> but
0: it was really uh, nice. your DNA? Yeah. yeah.
2: I think my wife will kill me if I do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> we met. You met. at um, Well, I'd known you before yeah. Fukuoka yeah um, we met in Tokyo. Yeah, met in Tokyo. Yeah. You were with your wife in Tokyo at the time, and uh, you had just sort of landed in Fukuoka I think at the time, hadn't you? I can't remember.
2: Yeah, I think it was only half a year maybe.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, the genesis of Fukuoka, you <coughs> moved there, what was the decision? Why did you move to Fukuoka in the first place? It's not the most obvious place for an angel investor to go, especially from Singapore. What's the story there?
2: Well, couple of reasons. I mean, the personal reason was we were looking for something different. Yeah, to our life. Um, We want to do something challenging, and so we decided to learn the Japanese language. Then it was a question of which city to go to, and because we've been doing a little bit of angel investing, we kind of say, "Hey, let's go to a place that has uh, a lot of startups." And when we did our research online, we saw a lot of news from Mm. city hall, from Jetro, um, you know, from Japanese government talking about Fukuoka, and that's where we end. That's where we went up.
1: Yeah. yeah. It was a challenge for, and, and we're actually sitting in Stephen's apartment here. I mean, <laughs> if, if, you're watching, if you're watching the video version, I don't know if you can see behind Rena's
2: head. There's like hey. a Doraemon cuddly toy. Yes. you're a bit of a fan. Of, you're a bit of a Japan otaku, aren't you? I'm. I'm definitely otaku, crazy about the mangas and the anime. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's one of the best way to learn Japanese language. just right. Just watch the anime and, and speak like a three year old.
1: Right. So like <laughs> going to Japan for you is like a coming home in a way. So. Kind of. Right. Kind of. But you're back, you're both here in Singapore now. Um, Let's talk a little bit about what you do. I mean, obviously, um, you know, you consider yourself angel investors, right? And there's a lot of people who are angel investors, quote unquote, out there as well. But you do this regularly. This is what you do on a day-to-day basis. So let's talk about that. Maybe you can talk about some of the... Investments that you've made, uh, you know, on what you've learned in the process. Because I I think any angel investor should be able to talk openly about what they do and who they've invested in and what kind of vertical sectors they're in and so on.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Rina, Rina, for yourself, tell us a little bit about some of the um, portfolio that you've been involved in.
0: So, in the past, I was uh, most of my portfolios are in tech, but in recent years, the last two years, um, I think I've shifted to more. Um, I think semi, brick and mortar as well. Brands. Um, I'm starting to feel that I have a little expertise in helping to build brands instead of building a business because hmm. I think it's a little bit harder to build product than service or brands compared to business. So my um, latest investment was actually in a, in a sector that everybody thinks I'm crazy. So it was a chocolate company that I invested. Love 18. Love 18. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Well, it's tangible. So I, I tasted the chocolate, I, I gave it to people, people like it, so that's like a check. But whether this chocolate will be the preferred chocolate, you know, will it make it to at least a regional player? That's yeah. you know
1: They're Malaysian as well,
0: right? Yes. Right. Um Eddie. Eddie, yes. So why I invest in this guy, um or in 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 Eddie, because we had um some joint venture. In the past, I have invested in his uh, tech company before. Mm. So I know this guy is reliable, is very hardworking. And most importantly, he has grit. And <clears throat> I know if plan A doesn't work, he will pivot and he's willing to pivot. Um, the challenge would be, he's always in tech. He's a, a tech guy. So the first venture we had was the first group buying um, platform in Manila. That was eight years ago. Mm. but we had fun. Uh, I obviously, we didn't make a lot of money, uh, but I think the process is important to me. Um, When Eddie said he wanted to do chocolate, it was quite a surprise to me as well. But he said, I'm just telling you, uh, you don't have to invest. I'm not asking for investment. So I'm going to use my own personal money. Mm. That's the the second check. So you believe in what you do. Mm. And he actually traveled Uh, to a few places in in fact I think Japan Australia to get inspiration so one day when I visited him his house was like full of books about chocolate so I can feel and smell the passion right Um, and then one and a half years later he said I'm ready to talk yeah so I said how much have you burned he said actually not much because he was doing chocolate in his kitchen and selling it online I think that's Mm. you know a, a good way to test the market yeah, so it was just a year ago that he said, okay, uh, I'm ready to take in some investment and I wanted someone that I've worked with before and uh, someone who doesn't bark me every day and say, how's your chocolate doing? Mm-hmm. Um, of course, someone who loves food. <laughs> so <laughs> obvious, yeah. right? Penang yeah, yeah, yeah. people, right? Uh, so I, I put in, you know, uh, so I'm the first angel investor. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a good
1: story. Uh, Eddie, I've met Eddie and I've, uh, he was on the show some yes. months back, and I was really impressed by, obviously, the passionate part about love of chocolate. I mean, mm-hmm. it's difficult not to love chocolate as yes. well, but also being—I mean—they risked a lot. It was him and his wife, right? Yes, you know, they start that. Yes. They—I they, mean—you talk about that second checkbox, investing my own money. Yes, and how important that was because they've put a lot of skin in the game. Yes. They, they could have been a successful tech company, or I think they came, I don't know the background before, that consultancy or something. Or uh, a so
0: he, he, we started a group buying company, yeah. and then uh, we cash out. And then he actually um, brought in uh, IP88, which is an yeah. online payment platform, um, to Manila. So he built on uh, IP88 from scratch. So he's a good operator. Yeah. And then he, he has got, I think maybe some small sweat equity. And then after that, he he brought in Initi, which is a digital agency, also listed in Malaysia Stock Exchange, and he actually built it for three years. Mm. Um, I believe he has some equity there. And for some reason, he said, probably I'm too tired about <coughs> doing tech. He wanted to right. do something different.
1: But it's it's not completely different, is it? I mean, there are yes. a lot of mindset you know, things that you can bring across to chocolate.
0: So this is exactly the point. If you ask me, would I invest in a passionate chef that says, Rina would like to open a restaurant Mm. and da-da-da, I don't think so because, you know, I, I was told that restaurant is difficult. But Eddie, because of his background, he's in tech, And then chocolate, I believe, is sort of art. You know, he's able to combine these two. And when he wants to launch something, he can use the technology part, the social media, listening. So he he can show me why, you know, I want to launch this. Uh, He can show me the patterns, And he does a lot of good research, telling me that, you know, Indonesia, consumption of chocolate is like $4 billion.
2: Hmm.
0: It was crazy. Four billion dollars, and then he told me Cadbury is almost two hundred years old, and just selling chocolate. Yeah, and chocolate is something you can sell to kids, to adult. It's like water. So yeah, I say, that's quite true. So <laughs> I actually learned a lot, and I was so amazed that he. Mm. You asked him anything about chocolate.
2: He did a deep, deep dive. He did yeah. a dip dive. deep dive, yeah, and yeah. and
0: I think that is something very rare nowadays. It's all about hearsay. Mm. You know, um, they take snapshots of reports, but they mm. don't really dissect and understand how it will impact. they just show you, oh, that's a billion-dollar market, that's a trillion-dollar market, but the execution plan, step-by-step, step, mm. how you're going to uh, compete with the um, existing brands. So the two obvious brands are Godiva and Royce.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: They're premium chocolates, but, you know... Um, at a very um, artisanal Mm. luxury level as well. So my question to him is how are you going to compete with this too because they put a lot obviously in marketing dollar branding. Um, He just said well we do it slowly Um, we do it sincerely and we love. So I said okay (laughs)
1: That's a good start, though. I mean, it's, it's yes. important, isn't it? Because yes. y- you can build a profitable business without being completely global. Yes. If you know your market and know mm. what you're not as well. <clears throat> it's a really interesting story. I mean, you mentioned also something you said, Rena, which I've made a note of. You invested in him yes, rather than the business. Yes. And I'll come back to that in a minute. Yes. So this is a really important point. You've already sort of like built the backstory to that. Stephen, maybe um, just a, a, a heads up on... One or two of your portfolio investments. Who would you say? I mean, can sort of best describe the kind of investments that you've made?
2: Um, I think let me start with Sherilyn Tan, yeah. Um, Asia Law Network. Um, I think for me, when I when I want to invest in a startup, you know, I'm I'm really looking for, you know, the very first thing I look for is the team. You know, as as Rina say, she invested in Eddie. Um, for me was when when Sherilyn and her team came to me and the two co-founders came to me the first time. You know, it was that spending that four hours talking to them and then seeing the chemistry Mm. that exists between the team, you know, looking, just watching how they would complete one another's sentences, um, and they were all different people. You know, Sherilyn came from an accountancy background. Um, There was um, Gabriel that came from a digital marketing background. And then P.Horn was a fighter pilot turned coder. Oh, yeah. interesting. Mm. <laughs> Self-taught, by the way. Which? Yeah. <laughs> coding. <think> coding. <laughs> the coding bit. And it was, it was really amazing to see that, that, that the, uh, yeah. dynamics going on. Um, uh, but I think more importantly, I think the, the passion that they put into, into what they were doing, they all gave up whatever, you know paying career that they have, the corporate roles that they have to do this. Um, and then it, um, it, was, it was very intense. I, I can see that they, they really wanted to do something that was different, mm. bring change to a, one of the oldest profession in the world, to the legal industry. And I'm a lawyer from, and, and I've done, um, you know, I've been in the legal industry for 25 years. From you know, and you know, my perspective comes from both practicing in a law firm and also working as an in-house counsel. And from what they told me, you know, create they were trying to create a brand new marketplace in order to match make lawyers and to clients. clients to mm-hmm. make it easier to reduce the friction, you know, to make make it uh, make legal services accessible mm-hmm. to everybody. I think Sherilyn's word was to make justice accessible to everyone. That's where she's coming from. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that that team dynamics, you know, that passion in what they have and the fact that, you know, I had a chance to look at what they were building at the time, it was already um, working, um, that attracted me. Mm. Um, plus, I, I like to also bet on um, what I call um, the non-traditional founders. You know, the typical tech founders would be a guy. Mm. Um, most of the time, they will be white. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was going for something different. Yeah. Yeah. And Sherilyn was one of them. You know, I, I was really impressed that a young lady like her was really dry, hard driving.
1: And she's got real hustle as well. Yeah.
2: I, I was so impressed. Yes. I met her yeah. once. Yeah.
1: yeah. She, yeah. Came in and did, uh, she came into the studio and uh, she told me about when they built the MVP of their product, she took screenshots literally just screenshots and mock-ups with a laptop and they went out and they pitched all the lawyers it really was just knocking on doors i mean that is the i mean anybody should hear that story and say that this is what you got to do yes
0: actually that how many people or how many potential customers that you have met should be a slight Instead of, you know, I've been featured in, you know, whatever, under 30, under 30 media coverage (laughs) and all this. This doesn't translate to any valuation to me. I just say, skip the slides. It's just too many media slides. But if you tell me I've met 100 potential customers Mm. today, you know, and and you've been doing this for like months, you've been knocking on doors, that shows a lot more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's,
1: I mean, as a skill... It's hard to teach, isn't it? But those are the kind of founders you want to bet on because they—they yes, they yes. won't. and everybody talks about not giving up, never give up, and all that sort of thing in the startup world. But let's see how these people actually cope when you know the sh one t hits the fan. Yeah. Right? You know, let's see how they yeah. they get on because it's tough, right? Yeah, you know, if these people have got that grit that you talk about, or that you know, like Sherilyn yep. and the team—they they got that passion and drive. Yep, you know that they're going to keep going.
2: Yeah. I think the you know the the s- ultimate combination of skills that i'm always looking for in a founder is you know on, on the one circle is that you got to be geeky whether it's chocolate or yes. you know the legal industry or coding or whatever you, you really must be prepared to deep dive into whatever the hell they are trying to sell hmm. or build the other circle will be the hustling are you street smart enough are you do you have the grit to go out there to knock on one thousand lawyers office door and say please use my product
1: and get rejected (laughs) 999 999, go away this
2: doesn't work and keep going yeah Yeah.
1: that is that it's an interesting characteristic isn't it and I guess you know this is that sort of x-factor we look for in in founders and I guess as investors as well you become attuned to that and you become aware of those kind of patterns of behaviors and personality types and so on You know, I I was speaking to Vinnie Laurier from Golden Gate. I was doing an interview with him. And he, interestingly, he's the founding partner of Golden Gate Ventures. But on his LinkedIn profile, he lists newspaper boy as one of his experiences. And, you know, like when he was (laughs) like 15, 16. And I I was speaking to him about it. And he said, oh, I forgot I put it in there, more or less as entertainment. But the fact is, is that, you know, he said his his mom and dad said, you've got to go out and you've got to work and hustle. Yes. In a newspaper but it's pretty tough isn't it maybe like it's long hours yes. or poor pay or whatever i know for example you've you've had an interesting background as well but you were like selling quite early on weren't yes. you so you know well,
0: because i didn't have choice not right. that i love it but you know looking back i thought it was it is a good experience i mean now i think because at that time i didn't have much choice at mm. such a young age then you were
1: supporting a family right so.
0: yes Anything is an option for me. I should try, right? Yeah. I've been like my mom owns a hair salon in our one bedroom uh, apartment, and I'm a shampoo girl. So I'm a qualified hairdresser as well. Maybe I should list on the <laughs> you know what I mean? a hair card. <laughs> yeah, I mean How about those that? those days, you know, you, you just do, right. and then you know. How old are you? Uh, so about 12 because right. i'm quite tall so by 12 i could reach <laughs> when when i was growing i was just handing you know those uh curlers to my mom and those pins you know yeah, yeah. so wow. i learned i learned
1: yeah that's cool yeah that's good there's something you should be proud of i think as well yes. so you know so
0: if i'm jobless i can still go back <laughs> to cutting hair
1: <laughs> there you go it's always there in the background all right um and uh, You're both people that I've admired for some time and I think that you, you know, it's great to have you in this roundtable situation to find a bit about your story. I think as well, the key, the challenge here is that trying to, you know, for the angels as well and all those people in the ecosystem who support startups trying to, help those people understand who you are and what you do, right? Because I think that's really important that startup founders, they might just see you as a check and yeah. they just like, you know, sending you yeah. emails and, you know, like, can you have a look at my pitch deck and get back to me or, yes. you know? I
0: think they are, they think we are an ATM, but I always tell <laughs> them that my encryption code is more than six digits, you right. know?
1: Well, law of averages. They'll get <laughs> yes, there in the end, yes. with LinkedIn messages, right? So, Okay. so. Uh, we've had some questions from um, listeners I and mean, we don't have any listeners yet, but you know, I said this was going out So um, okay. some of the LinkedIn community have been kind to come up with questions that they have to angels I think most of them are founders. Um, mm-hmm. There may be angels asking questions as well. Hopefully in the future they will So um, let's just throw these sure. questions out in a quick fire round, sure. you know, whatever comes to your head um, What has been the most innovative way a startup grabbed your attention? Have, let me ask you, has there been an innovative yes, way? Actually, yes, actually,
2: yes. At a wedding held next to a pool. Right. That was quite surreal. I was in my swimming trunks. Oh, my. <laughs> he was a,
0: Are you
1: this, sure? Let's picture this. This is
2: and, marvelous. And he was in his swimming trunks. <laughs> so oh, it, God. It, it was, it was it, it, No, and oh. my wife, oh, okay. oh my co-founder was gosh. also there, You know, my, my CFO and co-founder. <laughs> so it was quite surreal. It was the three of us, we were just... Initially, I thought, you know, we we're just shooting the breeze and just talking about the weather and then it kind of segway into into what he was trying to build yeah and it was amazing it was i was really very tempted to just tell him then then and say okay you got me right where do i sign yeah yeah
1: yeah why why did that all work apart from the swimming trunks and the swimming pool what was the, the the sort of input factors that made all that work for you
2: i think what caught my attention was um, we were both guests to a wedding hmm. we, um, and even then you know, he was not shy about pitching me uh, even in that kind of environment he, hmm. that's
0: the, the, that's, that's the, the, the point of hustling that's yeah, the yeah, hustling yeah, yeah. That's anytime the, yeah. if you wake that guy up in the middle of the night and say, there's an investor he will pitch in yeah. his pyjamas
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and Man. he was ready to go with his pitch yeah. This was literally an elevator pitch type. It was within you know two minutes. He explained to me what he was trying to do. Um, he didn't obviously have a pitch deck. He was in his trunks. You know, <laughs> 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 he just got out of the pool. <laughs> um, and but he was ready to go, and he was able to summarize it in a way that yeah. caught our attention. Both my co-founder and I were like, okay. When you get back to your room, send us your deck. Mm-hmm. We want to have a look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think I think that was that was quite an experience. Awesome. Yeah
1: yeah there's so many lessons learned there isn't there i mean for founders as well as well for angels you know in the sense that you don't have to necessarily do it in a formal situation
2: i wasn't prepared for that i was having a beer having my lunch you know having a swim that kind of thing and then you know we just met yeah yeah that's awesome
1: all right well that was a good question and a great answer as well <laughs> yes. i don't know how you repeat that though so
2: <laughs> i
1: will hang yes. on a pool more often <laughs> <Yes. laughs> invite him to a pool there you go that is
0: angels pools party they, right? we, there you go on <laughs> the you, island can you pitch in your trunk
1: yeah exactly that would be interesting you're like that
0: <laughs> <laughs> we can have like uh, bikini what so
1: happened fun. here there you go uh, <laughs> all right, this, I'll ask you this one next, then, Rina. Um, sure. Somia, so Somia Ts. I don't know her second name, but um, she asks, um, "What factors sway yours as an angel investor's decision to invest in a startup even before they have a product or service?"
0: Well, if it is a stranger to me, then you know, obviously, uh, the business plan or the framework needs to be communicated. If it is someone that I know. For example, if Stephen or yourself and mm-hmm. said, I'm going to start something, would you like to jump on a bandwagon? Uh, my answer would be yes. Mm-hmm. Because no matter what, whatever you guys do, I think you do it quite right. Mm-hmm. So like Eddie, you know, um, when he um, pitched this chocolate thing and he said, I'm ready to take an investment. Um, I said, okay, I'm in. But we, you know, we never say, okay, show me a pitch deck first and then da 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 you. You've probably had a relationship before. So Mm. that is why um, referral or, you know, if it's uh, coming from a co-investors that you work with, you know, like Steven or some of the co-investors that I had. When you say, oh, I have this opportunity to invest. Would you like to jump on a bandwagon? I say, Mm. sure, because my due diligence is Sort of on them, That's right? Interesting. Yes, mm. and if it is in the industry vertical that I like, uh, which is of course education, <clears throat> uh, a little bit of healthcare and food, then it's you know something that probably to me, if it's you know all these are uh, checklist, mm. then it's pretty easy. Mm. Yeah,
1: is it quite an emotional decision for you? Or is it? I mean, to <clears throat> what extent do you make a decision? You know, through gut instinct. Because I, I, the reason why I ask is because when I see successful investors and entrepreneurs, they've built up so much experience, they make snap decisions about people in many cases. Yes. Sometimes they can't evoke why, but it's just based on lots and lots and lots of patterns that yes. they've seen. Yeah. Okay, And it may be a bias as well. That's you know has a negative and a positive bias, but it works for you. Um, to what extent are you then sort of like diving into the numbers and the, the, the spreadsheets I and so actually, on?
0: I actually, for for new ideas early stage the numbers doesn't make sense to me at all mm. it, they're probably mm. plugging from the sky so you know if you give me a five year projection I think that's bullshit <laughs> you know you can yeah, give me five two years five months is tough huh? <laughs> yes because next month you probably have zero you know dollar in your bank account. Mm. Huh? so um I have paid a lot of tuition fees as well, uh, so over the many years, fifteen years, you tend to I tend to have casual conversation with them. Mm. I think uh, besides work or besides the business that they want to build, um, their social activities, I tend to ask them, mm. how often do you bring your mom out for dinner? How often do you visit them? Stuff like this because really? I think the core of that person
1: mm, that's you know if you what are you looking for there? I mean if somebody says I haven't for 12 months or?
0: someone that's um you know a, a human being mm. compassion you know being just a human being you know you you can be very rich but you don't have all these basic things that you know human or you know as a son as a daughter needs to you know be responsible mm. of, Then, I think it'd be Probably it's okay for others, but for me, I think that's quite important for me mm. because that I will, if you can't take care of your parents or someone you love, how are you going to take care of your team? They're just your team members, or your employees, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So I tend to have a casual conversation with them, try to ask them questions outside of the pitch deck because they would have prepared all. Yeah. So little words, like I said, you know, true experiences, mm. words that they use. This is my idea. Mm. Mm. Yeah.
2: yeah. Where's the team?
0: Yes.
1: Yeah. It's very insightful. Yeah, so, that, so that was if really you, interesting. Yeah. So
0: if you ask me, um, well, is there a format that, you know, there's mm. none? Because it depends on their answer and then how I would react as well. But fifteen years ago I would be like, Wow my god, you're you know, impressive press, you know, your mm. deck is so impressive. Mm. But uh, right now I think um I, I try to look for that core because it doesn't change that much. Hmm. And that the whole profile of that person instead of just, you know, I like this part of you. Yeah, so yeah. the whole package is important. How he spent, does he even do charity work? Hmm. How does he feel about CSR? Hmm. You know, does he give back to society? Things like this, I think, is, is you know, important to me. I'm yeah. not sure about other investors, but certainly I'm looking beyond financial right? That if he's looking at, oh, you know, education, definitely he can do other things that will probably be a better candidate for unicorn. But mm. for me, because my, you know, I love education, I think uh, without education, I wouldn't be what I am today. So, mm. especially, you know, early childhood education. Mm. So I would, it would be like a double check for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: There's values, isn't it? Yes. It's that, really important to Correct. You. I think. This is really insightful because I think for founders and I speak for the founders myself as a founder and the founders I sit with as well we don't often think to that level of depth you know we only ever think about you know your potential return or you're looking for the unicorn rather than focusing on that sort of human relationship that goes between an angel investor and a, a startup founder right because it, ultimately it's a team they might not be an active team member but they're mm. an important part of the team right and we don't often think in those terms like you know i'm thinking about trying to impress you with my pitch deck, right? I'm not really thinking necessarily. This is the problem about the angel and what they're thinking about, right? And that's what we kind of kind of get to get out, isn't it? We've got to kind of tell people that, that angels have things that they invest in and believe in and they have backgrounds as well and yeah. understand that a bit more. Because, you know, if you had somebody sitting across the table for you, if they'd heard this, you know, they Many know the, Yeah, they
2: know all the things that <coughs> they need to be saying, right? To to get through to you, right? Yep. I think the point is, is as an injury investor, the injured investment should be a very small part of your portfolio. So when when you're looking at a when you're talking to a potential injury investor, um, you know this is a guy who would have maybe eighty percent, ninety percent of his money invested in a whole bunch of different stuff, yes, real estate. Mm. equities in, in the listed market and the angel investment really is 10-20% of his portfolio there's easier way to make money than angel investment Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, much much easier way yeah. and then so the question is what motivate the angel to come yes. with yeah, the money absolutely. it's got to be something more it's got to be value driven
1: yeah. yeah well let me ask you I mean Rena's obviously given some really interesting insight into herself for yourself Stephen what would that be You know, there are easier ways. You can stick it in (coughs) bricks and mortar. You can stick it in commercial real estate. Why angel investment?
2: Okay, it's going to sound corny that um, I'm going to say this, but, you know, I'm really looking to change the world. Um, um, And if I can use my money to finance someone that's going to go out there to change the world, I think Mm. that's what interests me.
1: In what way? Change the world. Because there's so many places you can start, right? So you must have some thesis about where well, that goes.
2: Um, so we have two verticals that we invest in. You know, we invest in marketplaces for services. Um, matchmaking lawyers and clients is one of them. The other investment that we have is called Trainers Vault. It matches personal trainers with clients. Same thing. Um, we like these kind of ideas because, and we like this kind of product because we think there's a lot of um, uh, friction. Mm. When it comes to personal, professional services, whether it's personal services or professional services, in order for us to get to the best one, it's hard. As a a consumer of those services, you need to ask your friends, you need referrals, you need lots of work to get to that best one. If there's a marketplace that allows you to have that with transparency, with trust and safety, with trusted reviews, why not? Mm. You know? I think that improves the quality of life to the consumer of those services. It also improves the quality of life to the providers of those services. They don't have to waste the money in inefficient marketing Mm. programs or whatever they want to do to advertise for their services. They use the platform. So I, I do believe if we can do that kind of matching in a more efficient way, it makes for a better world. We also invest in payments, which um, you know again kind of stems from my uh, belief that we need to have more financial inclusion. Um, banks are not doing a pretty good, not doing a very good job in, mm. in, in making it easier for people to pay and get paid. Yep. And and if the people who can come along and figure out a cheaper way and a more efficient way to pay, especially across national borders, I like that. Mm and hence my investment in 10x.
1: Great. Okay, there's so many questions here. I'm conscious of the time as well. (laughs) And I also want to ask you about the event coming up. So um, maybe we can pick one more question. Um, Some of these questions are the same. For example, when you decide to invest in a startup, this is Abelash Rout. I think I got his name right. Apologies if I haven't. Um, When you decide to invest in a startup, what factors add up to your final decision? and they list team, solutions, sales, and so on. Maybe to make this easier, what would be at the top when you, if you were to create a playbook for your investments, mm. in those factors, if you list, we've <coughs> you, talked about, for example, like values yep. and the founder and so on. What else is there at the top that you wanna see?
2: So I think we talked about team, team. Yeah. right? Um, technology is important. We wanna yes. look at a platform. We wanna see what you're building. Are you really building something? Correct.
0: This um, is just a Me Too. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. there's so many. You wouldn't
1: invest in a Me Too.
2: Not really. Okay. <laughs> I mean, when you the do a Me Too, all... when you do a Me Too, you're really you invest in a Me Too. You're really looking for a quick exit. Yeah. And that goes against my whole idea of you know trying to build something that changed the world. Yes. Um, and then the last bit is even at such an early stage, we look for traction, mm. at least some usage. Yes. And then based on those usage, we want to see what your users are saying about your technology. I think for me, that those are the three T's that we look on the mm. on the, the data side, the fact side. Yep. And then the other bit of it is the soft side. You know. yes. Do we click with the guy? Mm. Um, yeah. Is it going
0: to be a potential headache for me? Right.
1: Would you ever invest in a startup had an amazing team technology attraction, but you didn't like the founder? Um,
0: I think liking someone is quite subjective. Yeah. Uh, I'm asking you, <laughs> <right? laughs>
1: for you, if you really didn't like that person, would you invest in Would it? you put
2: money in? No. Never? No. Never? No. 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 Yeah. That's
1: a really good point. Okay. So, interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um I want to talk about the event coming up, but before we do, and really to help, I guess, on the education side with the angels, like, ha- and sorry, and the, the, the startups, is that how do they best approach you? Obviously, you know, Swimming trunks and pool is a great... It's It works in some cases. (laughs) (laughs) But for those who don't have access to those resources and Stephen's time and Rena's time, for example, um, tell me what works. I mean, maybe we can preface that by talking about what doesn't work because you must be bombarded with messages all the time. You know, doing this as well, I'm sorry, it's only going to get more, but hopefully we can kind of like just tune out the noise a little bit more and help educate people. Because there's some of those who just maybe need a bit of training, right? And they could do it better. What doesn't work? Is it, you know, for example, like the email message and saying, here's my pitch deck, take a look. What can established establish that? What else doesn't work with you in terms of pitching or like the cold approach or whatever?
0: Um, I guess if emails is fine, I try to reply, you know, as many of those LinkedIn email because, you know, to us is is junk. It's not junk, but it's sort of like spam mm. box. But to that founder, you know, is his hope. And I actually feel bad, you know, sort of crushing someone's hope. It's like the pitch uh, competition. Some mm. actually walk away because maybe that's not his day. But I tend to say go back and say hey actually your pitch is not that bad but you know these are the few things that you potentially can refine and then you can try later because to them it's like maybe there's everything right Mm. but to us as investors or judges it's like you know things you see everything so but if someone writes you an email you know since we have got a bit of experience you can feel whether it's a templated Mm. whether they did a bit of research about you and it's actually written from the heart sincere the words um and I think that makes it if it is a cold email like that Mm. that that few sentences uh you've you've actually checked me out you know what are my portfolios what I like you know you know I invest in schools so this this is my new platform that could potentially be useful to your schools Mm. that is I think you know uh chances of getting a reply will be so much higher. Mm -hmm. But I think as much as investors get to do due diligence on who they want to invest in, I think the founders or the team, they should actually, you know, spend some time try to profile that angel investor or the person that you so wanted to bring on your team and who are, you know, her or his circle. Mm. That, uh, I think, quick, you know, email blast certainly doesn't, no. work. <laughs> doesn't work. And, you know, I would appreciate yeah. if they don't mistaken me or Stephen. Stephen being a girl, me being uh, a guy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, some they different names. I know, but then the venture capital is someone's name or yeah, <laughs> some right, other companies, right? Yeah. right. That, that sort of like, okay, you're it's not really off. serious yeah. about yeah. it. And if you send someone a deck today, don't ask the guy or the girl or the investor, can you let me know if you're investing? Yeah. I'm not a robot. Mm. ATM. If, yes. It's like, and then, you know, it's like, when can you get back to me?
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. Um, I guess, you know, the tone and uh, if you rush me, I'm like, okay, I'm not sitting around every day just to look at decks.
1: Yeah, yeah. You have a life outside of this. Yes.
0: Right? It's
1: good. I mean, it's a great point. I mean, for us to appreciate that angel investors are human beings as well, right? Not ATMs, right? And you're going to get so much farther farther if you treat them with respect as well. Yeah. You know, not not just undue, you know, reverence. They're they're human beings who want to work with you, right? I
2: I think your point about treating us with respect, the respect that we want really is very simple. Come prepared. Yeah. Come prepared. You actually know who I am, what I invest in, what I don't invest in. Um, you know my background, you know my profile because I will go prepared to the demo night or the or the pitch night yes. mm. or, or whatever networking event. So coming back to the guy in the swimming trunk, he came prepared. Yeah. So we actually have a mutual friend in the groom. The groom prepped him to the that I was coming to the wedding. So he knew I invested in the groom. So he the groom actually told him, Look, this is my investor. Mm. By the way, he's sitting at the bar at the pool now you know, <laughs> with his wife, maybe you should just go corner him. Mm. So he knew, he did his trolling, you know, yes. on, on social media, on LinkedIn, he knew yeah, yeah, yeah. he knew exactly what I was. So it was only after we had a pleasant conversation, you know, he went off and, and I ran into the groom and said, Hey look, I I met this guy called Andy, you know, by the pool and, and it's a cool idea. I said, Yeah, I told him he should go talk to you yeah, about yeah, yeah. it. She came prepared, So I think that, that was important. But that means he's not gonna waste your time. He wasn't. And that, that says a lot in business, yeah. right? Yes. He's not also
1: gonna waste your money, hopefully, yeah. right? That's okay. all goes part and parcel of yes. the same the character as well of that yeah. person. Yeah.
0: The other thing that I think works for me is like some of them are at early stage and they are they're not saying, Can you invest me in me? but they say, Oh, I have some um questions. Mm. And I, you know, if I would appreciate if, if I can run it through you, you know, can you be my virtual mentor? I won't bug you for, you know, lot, but you know, there's some, you know, sometimes you come at a crossroad. Mm. I just needed some advice. And through that relationship, being a mentor first, I think the chances of me investing is so much higher, yeah. mm. right? Yes. Because it, it, it started with something that I just need, you know, to reach out to you. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can learn from each other uh, instead of just, can you invest in me? I mean, the the answer is, of course, no. (laughs) Right? It's
1: it's interesting. I mean, do you do that as well? I mean, do you have sort of, uh, you know, situations where startups come to you, founders come to you and say, look, I need your advice, can we chat? And not directly pitch you, yes, and yes. then you know yeah. that then develops into a relationship, and then you invest in that right, yes. yes. stage. So and, it, and yes, and and because
0: like they will say, can I send you my teaser? I say yeah. sure. So when I have time, I look at it. it even some, even some of it, like I said, okay, uh, there's a grammar mistake. I think yeah. you should change this. I mean, these are the things that I think most angels would don't mind doing, but you know, it doesn't come as that forceful, but. I in the process, I get to learn about you. I get mm. to learn about, and I see you know those suggestions that I've made. It may not be the brightest answer, but you you can you are coachable. Mm. That's one thing very important oh. for a lead stage startup. Whether the person is coachable, they'll listen. Yes, because
1: e- even if they may disagree, but they can yes, listen to correct. Your, so we rational implement. Yes, it, yeah.
0: we're not perfect as well because yeah. you know um, there's so many new technologies and things out there. So I I see it as you know. Uh, sometimes i have to unlearn the things i've learned Mm. so that you know Mm. i can absorb more
1: absolutely this is really good advice so rolling up to march the 20th will be our first pitch deck connect event we're bringing together angels such as our esteemed company here and startups so qualified startups who've been on the show and who've done the pitch already so you can go and see the pitch um hopefully we've you know, reduce the noise down to focus a bit more on quality, which is the challenge I think that's coming out of this, isn't it? It's time wasting and it's, you know, lack of quality and it's there's so much noise out there. How do you focus on those people, you know, the right founders, the people who are not going to waste time, the right angels as well, who are not going to waste time. So bring those people together. What do you want to get out of this? No, sitting with startups what would you like to see come through the door and talk to you you know what kind of conversations do you want to have do you want people to come and sit with you at a table and say hey Stephen I heard about you here's my pitch you know I'm not wearing swimming trunks but this might work there's a bar here or you know would it be you know let's have a conversation or you know do you mind if I talk a little bit about my pitch deck what is the sort of the best sort of conversation that they can have in that context with you
2: I think in in this coming event, it's it's different from a lot of the events that I've attended, in that we now have a whole archive of videos and podcasts that we can check out. Um, so I would have an opportunity to actually sieve out which are the startups that are coming that would be that would fit into my investment mandate mm. in my investment hypothesis, um, and and this really at the end of the day what i'm looking for you know to save me save myself some time um to to meet random people just to hear them out for three minutes and tell them no i think that's wasting my time wasting that person's time i would rather have that very focused um conversation so i could zero in on kind a of couple of them right away and say hey mm. i've really seen you on um, pitch deck um, i saw your video i write I your pitch deck i'm I've got these few questions. Uh, I think that's what I'm I'm hoping to do uh, as far as the founders are concerned. Um, On the angel side, I'm hoping to meet fellow angels, Um, you know, learn new things, learn new investment theses that they may have, Mm. um, and also hopefully to find Mm co-investors.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that as well, Mm. because often these events are seen as one-way pitches, aren't they? They're often like, Yep. They're going to come, they're going to pitch you, and you're yeah. going to sit there and watch, and then you're going to make your notes and then walk yeah, off. Yeah, it's and like some, a
0: beauty pageant. You know, like, like oh.
1: you know, out of 20, 19 lose, one person you know, gets the prize and yeah. so on. That, that's how it has been for many years. We want to change that, right? Yes. So for everybody else that's coming and having that sort of focused conversation, um, angels as well, wh- what should they know? How should they be prepared in, in the sense, not just for the founders, but talking to other angels as well. So is is there, I mean, are you looking for co-investors? I mean, Stephen, you said yep. you are. Yes. And if you are, what would be the kind of co-investors you want to work with? Do they come with a specific vertical expertise or what?
0: Um, I guess vertical expertise is not, you know, the top of my concern is, you know, um, I think whether... I can click with the potential co-investors just like you know. it's a teamwork mm. between the angel investors or between the investors and the angel investors and the, te- the, the founders as well. So I think the first um, sort of impression and the first few conversations, um, like for example, we considered ourselves a little bit, uh, and angels with a little bit more experience because likely we have lost some money. <laughs>
2: <Yep>. <laughs> we, a we have one? a couple of startups blew up. <laughs> yeah, so almost. You know. So, so
0: ends. if if there is a new angel investors mm. that wants to come on board and to sort of you know uh, learn from tuition fees that we're mm. paid, well, you know we we would love to share the experience because I think um, you know as founders need to have mentors. I think angel investors probably feel uh, first time angel investors p- probably feel a little bit more at ease if they can't be a co investors with someone that has mm. a little bit more experience than you know the five of us are new and then let's try to do something together so a lead investor that has a little bit more experience I think sort of put um, the first timers a little bit at ease mm. but I think in <coughs> Asia um, the the effort of educating uh, people to be angel investors are still, you know, there's a lot of work to be done. I just came back from the World Business Angel Forum in Turkey and I was surprised that just in Turkey and just the surrounding countries, Eastern European countries, the, the angel investments are so active, whether it's private or even, you know, um, from the government itself. So around the table, they are like uh, represented by 53 countries. So Malaysia is represented the first time. Just among us in the room, round table, in 15 minutes, we raise about half a million euro to invest. So, 20,000 each, mm-hmm. just to comment. Um, but here in Asia, I must say that uh, there's still a lot of uh, work to be done. Mm. Like trans- One of the things that I, I thought of was, like, uh, we have CEOs, what if we could, you know, transition them, some of them, to be investors. Like Steven said, you know, angel investors, you should go to those that has already, you know, their safe piggy bank in, you know, listed stocks and all this. And then a small portion of 10-20% that they can of you know, if, if I lose it it's okay, it's not yeah. going to, you yeah. know affect my lifestyle, right? Um, so, I think that profile and then the do's and don'ts of being an angel investor. So, in developing countries, because founders, um, Singapore is very fortunate. Malaysia is not too bad, but in developing countries, uh, founders don't have access to uh, funding, whether it's government or private. And there are, of course, angels who has the two little horns and say, you know, there's fifty thousand, but I want fifty percent of your yeah, company or more. Yeah. The sharks, yeah. right? Yeah. And that is really bad because. Um, you know, that would actually kill their mm. company because the next investors were like, I would definitely not touch this company. Yeah, But if I'm evil enough, I'll say, hey, you actually got taken for a ride. You know, why don't we just let it die, close it, and you can take your idea. I'll, just, mm. I'll still give you 50,000, but I only take 10%.
1: Yeah, I think w- these situations, the problem is, is that it's real. it encourages angels to behave like that because yes. that's, that's the role model, isn't yes. it? That, yes. Oh, I've got to be like this guy who's, you know, with his wad of cash on the table. I'm in, I'm out. But if that's what is set as an example, the next generation of angels coming through will be like that too, right? So, kind of what we want to do, and it's really interesting. Yeah, there that, are
2: demons among us too, you know.
1: Right, yeah, <laughs> really?
0: <laughs>
2: we exactly. we I thought you were all
1: angels. <coughs>
0: <coughs> well, well, I guess in a situation like this, right, if you get 50000 for 50% of the company and you, you know, between the first race and the second race, it wasn't too far apart. How much are you going to value the company? Mm. And, yeah. you know, it doesn't make sense for a founder at this early stage to be diluted so much. At the end, the founder is the one who say, you know, to help with that I'm not going to, yeah. you know, sacrifice my life, everything for just, but at times like, what? Nothing less yeah. than a few percent. So we need to keep the founders and the team motivated as well. I mean, taking a chunk of uh, you know, someone's sweat at this price, I, I just don't think it's just greed,
1: right. isn't it? It doesn't work at the end yes. of the yep.
0: day. Yes. People, people, f- you know, feel it yeah. sooner or later. Yeah. yeah,
1: we had the conversation off tape before when we were talking, I think, when we had our first coffee a couple of weeks back, and we were talking about the problem with like the shark tank model and so on and as much as that's great entertainment which is cool i mean it's tv it's there yep. for entertainment it's not how it really happens mm. or not how it should happen you made a really interesting point rina which i think you said more as an offhand comment but i think was quite profound you said i'm not a shark i'm a dolphin <laughs> <laughs> and i was thinking about it on the way back I was thinking shark not a dolphin shark not a dolphin and i think there was some truth in that because i mean you know, if you were stranded out at sea, as many, you know, founders can find themselves, the last thing you want to see on the horizon is a shark. <laughs> <laughs> you want to see a dolphin. A dolphin's going to help you. It might yes. even, like, guide you home, right? Yes, you know, yes. they're, they're, they're quite benevolent creatures. I mean, yes. they can be quite vicious as well. So, don't yes. you know, don't mess with them. But I thought it was quite interesting because... You know, there's a lot of ego in this industry as well, isn't there? And to be positioning yourself, say, hey, look, yeah, I'm here to help effectively. I want to help. You know, I see this as a team effort. I might not be really hands on, but, you know, my resources and my contacts can really help here. Not as, you know, I'm going to try and screw this startup founder for everything I can get, see what I can get out of it and get a great deal. I don't think every startup founder or even angel knows that that's how it should be. And that's kind of what we want to change, yep. it up, isn't it?
0: I think, you know, how you behave, you know, sort of if you, if you behave like this, then expect the other person <laughs> to reciprocate, mm. right? So I think the do's and don'ts and the basic guideline of being an angel investor, I think people, it's easy to, to claim if I invest in a company, even through Kickstarter or crowdfunding, five, 10,000 or even less, I'm an investor. But, you know, I think the the word is quite broadly Mm. and loosely used.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, this has been a great conversation. And um, it's not easy to get you guys to talk, you know, that on...
0: You can go to our... Angel's Island angel islands. in the making
1: <laughs> Reno, property is. price will go up then we're in stealth mode remember. stealth mode okay alright
2: there's a teaser we'll yes. edit, that,
1: edit that out <laughs> so yeah the angel oh no um, the, not the angel islands but getting you guys to talk because you know there's another thing about angel investors you tend to work in the background as well but you know you have really interesting ideas and you have a lot of experience between you so you know just trying to unlock that a little bit as well has been great and thank you for being so honest and open and direct in your you know your thoughts today um reena neo and Stephen, you thank you so much thank Thank you you. thank you pleasure enjoy this is our first recorded conversation. we had a lot of conversations but not actually one on tape and we'll do this hopefully with every event that we're going to do you know um either here in singapore or when we take it around asia we will capture the conversations with angel investors and, you know, get their ideas as well. And that part of that, educating the both the founder and the angel community, how important that is. And, you know, that sort of angel-to-angel education, I think, is the missing link here yes, as well. Yes, so, it is. Um, if you are attending the event on March the 20th, then you've listened to this. Hopefully, you would have had great advice. You know, you won't hear any better advice than directly from the horse's mouths. And also, um, you know, if you are an angel investor, then please reach out because... Like they said, they're interested in co-investors and onboarding new investors or people who may bring in certain assets or experiences that they don't have access to. We'd love to hear from you. This is Graham Brown. This has been Pitch Deck Asia. Asia? Angels? I get that right? Pitch Deck Asia. Pitch Deck Angels. Angels. There we go. Signing out. We'll see you all on March the 20th. Thank you. Thank you.
0: you. You've been listening to Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at atp.show.